I want to invite the children now to come forward for a moment with the minister. Good morning. How are you all? Good. Well, let me ask you a question, and if you would, raise your hand, and I'll call on you if you can help me answer this question. What does it mean to be a leader? What do you think? What does it mean to be a leader? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, you follow a leader when you don't know where to go? Yeah, good answer. How many of you all have ever played follow the leader? Now, when you play follow the leader, who's the leader? The leader, what do they do? They lead. Okay, we've got circular understanding here for sure. They get out in front, right? They're the ones in the very front and they walk around and everybody follows, right? Or they do something and everybody has to do what they do, right? That's what a leader is, right? Now, there's a story in the Bible that the adults and I are going to talk about later where Jesus kind of changes the way we think of leaders. Because when I think of a leader, I think of somebody who gets out in front and goes to get it and, you know, everybody wants to follow and, and they're just always out there and they're, they're doing the best they can and all of that kind of stuff. But Jesus, at one point, right before he died, he did something that changed what it meant to be a leader. He got with his group of friends that he loved very much and right before they had the meal, he took out a bowl filled with water and a towel and he went around to each and every one of their feet and he washed them. He washed them clean. Now, for us, we think it's kind of nasty probably because you know, you take off your shoes and your socks, you got a little toe jam, you know, your feet kind of smell and it just seems nasty. But can you imagine then because all they had were sandals, so they had dirt and sweat, and I mean, their feet were nasty. But Jesus got down on his feet like a servant, like somebody, they usually pay somebody, or they have a slave that does that. But Jesus was their leader, and he got down on their feet, and he washed their feet. And to me, that's what a leader is. If you really want to be a leader, to me, in Jesus' eyes and in this world, you serve other people. You love other people. Now, maybe it's helping clean up at the house, clean up your room. Maybe it's helping your brothers or sisters. Maybe it's being nice to somebody who nobody else is nice to. But there are ways that each one of you can be a leader by serving somebody else. And so I want you to think right now in your mind, is there one person that you can serve this week so that they can know Jesus better? You got that person in mind? Maybe it's a brother or sister, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's an enemy. I don't know, but maybe you can serve them, okay? All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for the example your son Jesus Christ shows us. And we ask God that you would help us serve others, even in small ways. Maybe to pick up trash around the school, maybe to help a teacher, maybe to help a friend. Whatever it may be, God, help us follow your lead and be servant leaders. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you all very much. You can head back that way with, and go to children's time. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, 
Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray. God, we come with our lives, our joys, our pains, our excitement, our distractions. We ask God this morning that you would transport us into that room. We ask that your words would come alive in this room. to teach us, to transform us, to help us be the people you have called us to be. Empty me and fill me with your spirit that your words might be spoken true this day. Amen. So the context, maybe you've heard this story a number of times. Maybe this is the very first time 
You have heard the story of Jesus when he kneels before his followers and begins to wash their feet. But there are a few things that I want us to keep in mind as we go through this question today. It is the last of our series of God questions. Considering those moments when Jesus or God stopped in the middle of a story and asked his people a question to help them to clarify, to help them to understand, to help them to guide their lives into his presence and into who he desired them to be. So I pray that you would listen to God's question for you today. Do you understand what I have done for you? Do we understand what God has done for us? It never ceases to amaze me every time I read this story, every time I see a video about this story, every time I think about this story to consider the people in the room. When Jesus got down and washed the disciples' feet, sure, we had all of the disciples that we think of. We know we have Peter because, you know, Peter being Peter, he gets in an argument with Jesus in the midst of his act of service for him. But the one that will always and forever blow my mind is Judas. It says, it states that Jesus says, not all of you are clean, which tells me at that moment that Judas is still in the room. He is not left. And for those of you who may not know this story, Judas is the one who uh, the Bible tells us would be the one to betray Jesus into the hands of the Roman government and begin the process of his death. His death for all of us, but he would be the betrayer. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of Jesus kneeling before Judas' feet that day, it blows my mind. It tells me something about Jesus that I just, I can't understand fully, but I love so much about him. Is that it didn't matter what you were going to do for him, to him, with him, through him. He kneels at our feet to wash them to make us more clean than we were when we sat down. Now, all of us may think, well, this is a nice, pretty story. But the reality is, here is Jesus, the one in the midst of this movement who was on top. I mean, he is the leader. He's the go-to guy. He's the one who's going to get it all done. He is the one that everybody points to and says, that is the one. And in all the times that he could have said, no, this is not my place to be a servant, to be a slave, literally. He takes off his garments and he kneels down and he washes the disciples' feet. That's not the role of a leader. That's not what leaders are taught to do in our society. That's not what leaders were taught to do in his society. Yet he got down on his knees and he changed the way we view what it means to lead. 
So imagine Jesus comes and he washes your feet. And he asks you the question, do you understand what I have done for you? How do you answer that question? What are the thoughts that come to your mind? What are the words that immediately begin to surface to your mouth? What are the things that maybe are in the deeper recesses of your mind and your spirit that are dying to get out, but yet you've not been quiet long enough to let them? How do you answer him? What do you say? There are three parts to Jesus actually answering this question. For his disciples, for us, one is we see Jesus taking the journey downward. We live in a pyramid society, right? That those who do a lot of hard, hard work and get little pay are down here at the bottom in our minds. Those who do hard work but different kind of work that manage and lead are up at the top and there are fewer up at the top than there are at the bottom. And how do you get up here to the top? All right, folks. There are way too many managers in this room for me to not hear a sound when I ask that question. How do you get to the top? Education. Scheming. Hard work. Being loved. Very interesting. Caring. Serving others. Now y'all have read, y'all are reading, y'all are reading way too much here into the story. Yeah, those are good. Now, some, some companies, now don't get me wrong, may teach you to care for your employees. And some very good leaders do that. But I would not say the greatest leaders, well, let me, let me back that up. The greatest leaders get that. But not all the leaders do. And there are people who make their way up in a lot of different ways other than caring for people other than serving other people. They just claw their way to the top. Now y'all, back me up here. You've heard these. Work your way to the top. Look out for number one. Show them who's boss. Be in control. Those are all things we've heard. You know, you've heard, get in the rat race and run as hard as you possibly can. Claw your way to the top. Do whatever it takes to get there. Now, thankfully, I think there are some companies that are getting it that you don't do it that way anymore, and they're changing their culture, but that's still a part of what a lot of people have in their mindset about being a leader. So when you take this pyramid society that says the best of the best are at the top, and they get there in any way they can, what do we do with this story of a man who gets on his hands and feet and washes other people's feet, hands and knees, and washes other people's feet. Jesus in that moment was identifying with the bottom. The least, the last, and the lost. He was taking his journey downward even further than we had seen him thus far in his life. We know that he left heaven above where everything was perfect and he was at the top. 
He chose to put on human skin and walk this earth. That was one step of his journey downward. He served those who were in need. He didn't put himself necessarily forward and say, I am the greatest, I am the best, you must follow me. He simply said, follow me. He didn't go into the synagogues and take over for all of the the leaders of God's people. He simply inserted himself into the life of people and cared for them. And here in this moment, right before he pays the ultimate sacrifice and bends his knee to God in love for this world, he gets on his hands and feet, knees, and washes. You know, it's a scary place to be there. I don't know about you. Maybe you've not thought about it. Maybe you have. But it's a scary place to be with people who are suffering. Not just kind of be there, but be there with them in their suffering. It's a scary place to be with people who are broken and not perfect. It's a scary place to be with those who've been excluded from this society from our lives, from the church, from whatever it may be, they've been excluded. It's a scary place. If you don't think it is, you've not thought long enough about it. Because folks, if you get out there and truly begin to serve the least, the last, and the lost, and you see the brokenness of this world, it is not a happy, fun-loving, great, and wonderful place. It's a place where people cry and wail and weep and long for something more. It's a place where people don't don't even understand the value with which God has placed, um, the, the value God has placed on their lives. It's not comfortable. It's hard. Yet Jesus chose to do that. There's a young lady who's a pastor in the Rio Grande Conference right now. I just found about, out about this like Thursday or Friday this last week. She is seminary educated. She is ready to take a church of her own in the Rio Grande Conference, which is in this, this area. And you know what she has chosen to do for the next three years? She has chosen to live on the street, to be homeless, to be without food, so that she can understand what is happening in that culture. Now, do you know where she's doing that? Right here in El Paso. She's living amongst the poor of the poor of the poor understanding what their lives are like in order that she might be able to serve them and serve this world in a better way. She has chosen a downward journey in a very, for us, in a very radical way. But she's chosen to take the risk. Number two, Jesus gives us a pattern to follow. What are his first words after he's finished? I have given you An example. Now, what is an example? If you go back and you look at it, it's basically a pattern. It's like a sewing pattern. Any sewers in the room? No sewers in the room. 
Well, this, this illustration will float like a lead balloon, but that's all right. Sewers make a pattern. I don't know, maybe you remember back when your mom was sewing or your dad was sewing. They make a pattern, right? They cut it out so that when you get some more cloth, you can put that pattern over the cloth and you cut it out, right? Well, one pattern doesn't fit everybody. So they can make the pattern, but they have to resize it for every different body shape, type. Uh, you know, those who are tall and thin and those who are short and squatty. It's just different. You got to change the pattern just a little bit. But there was a pattern that you could go off of. Jesus has given us a pattern. It may not look like us getting down on our hands and feet today and washing somebody's feet. It may look very different. But it does ask us to give ourselves in loving service to other people. This is expressed in the mundane, in the menial, and in the messy parts of the world. It may be mundane work. It may be menial work. It may be very messy work. But that is how God calls us to serve I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I actually, it's been a lot of years ago, but I visited one of the mega churches of our country, and I'm talking large. We're talking like probably somewhere around 10,000 in their auditorium sanctuary, okay, in one service. And they have multiple services, so we're talking huge. In the midst of them sharing with those of us who had gone to visit to learn about the youth ministry in that church, uh, they talked about people understanding the vision and understanding their role in the church to be who God had asked them to be. And they shared a story that I will never forget. They talked about lawyers and doctors and all of those kinds of people doing parts in this church to make it what it was, but there was one story that I, I just, I think, man, I want to know who this guy is. I don't. They never gave us a name, but they said the day this uh, leader understood that people got the concept of what it meant to be chasing the vision for this church was the day that he walked in and he had gone into the men's bathroom and lo and behold, there was a, uh, enormous man in the bathroom cleaning the stalls and he looked down and he was wearing a Super Bowl ring. He had played for a Super Bowl football team and he understood that leadership meant service and he was at his church cleaning toilets because he understood and knew it would take somebody to clean the toilets for the church to be what it was supposed to be. Jesus calls us far beyond scrubbing toilets. Scrubbing toilets is a great example. I love that man for what he does, and I think it's an amazing story. But I think for all of us, he calls us even deeper. What does it mean to serve the servant king who gave his life for us on the cross? How far down a journey can we go for the one who gave his life. Now I want to stop for one moment 
and, and put an interjection in here. Somebody in this room doesn't yet need to take up the towel and basin and serve. Somebody in this room still needs to have Jesus take your feet and wash them. Somebody in this room needs to know, like Peter, that you don't need to be in control anymore. It's God's job to be in control. It's our job to live life. And so if you are here today, I just would pray that you would humble yourself enough to allow the servant king who did die on the cross to wash your feet today. Because that's what needs to happen. If we want to experience the life God gives, we must follow Jesus' example and wash one another's feet. Now for about 30 seconds, I want to ask you to think about this. What are the implications for you in your life right now and the people you can think of that are on your brain? What are the implications of washing others' feet in your life right now? Ready? Go. Maybe for you, it's somebody outside of this church. Maybe for you, it's helping with what happens here on Sunday morning because you haven't yet taken that step. What does it mean for you to be in service to our King? The third part of this is upside down authority. If you go back and you read this scripture, it's very clear. Jesus says, knowing that God had given him all authority, all power, that everything was under his command, knowing all of these things, he took off his outer garment and he washed their feet. He didn't relinquish any authority. He didn't relinquish what God had given him. He did it not in spite of being a leader. He did it because he was the greatest leader. With all the power in heaven and on earth laid upon his shoulders, he chose to wash our feet. He chose to die on a cross. He chose to be our king that would serve. We are called to practice leadership in a radically different way. Jesus' leadership may call us to vulnerability. Jesus' type of leadership may call us to weakness. What do you mean? Weakness. That's not what a leader is. Well, are you sure? Because I'm pretty clear, I'm pretty sure in a portion of Scripture uh, it states, when I am weak, he is strong. 
So can we choose to have the seat of weakness in order for his strength to show through? It may call us to service like we've never known before. This is one that if we go back, you heard me talk about... um, I can't find the word. Being in control. That maybe it's time for us to release control and give God the control. One of the things that I have heard over and over in my life, and I know every psychologist or manager in this room may argue with me about this, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm still struggling with it on my own. But maybe this leadership, maybe this authority is calling us to a closeness, even a friendship, even an intimacy with those we lead. Not a leadership that is aloof and above and has some sense that, oh, we have to have this separation, but one that is willing to walk right alongside those who we work with, who we lead, who we lead in the Christian faith, who we lead beyond the walls of this church. Whatever it may be, maybe he is calling us to that kind of leadership. So church, will we choose to throw our weight around or live lives of spiritual humility? Will we choose to act and live out a life that seems superior, looking down on others and casting the first stone, or will we choose to serve? Will we choose not to live by our position and our title, but to live with a towel and a basin? I want you to take a look at one video of how this can be expressed in your life. An example of doing the little things that make a difference and being being Jesus to someone um, is something I saw a few months ago. I was out on a street called East Hastings, which is in Vancouver, and it's well known as the uh, worst postal district, or zip code, in, in North America. Um, it's, it's a place where uh, drug addicts go to die. It's full of homeless people. Um, has North America's first safe injection site, where you can actually legally inject heroin, supervised by the government. It's that bad. And uh, it's one of the areas where our, where our teams work, and um, we have a, a training school for, for people who are trying to figure out, is this what I want to do in my life? And we took nine of them down for a night, and we're working with this church that's on the street there, and they'd asked me to speak, which is kind of a weird thing, you know? I'm dealing with these people who are totally homeless, and they're totally, many of them are high, and they come into this church because the church is feeding them. And the deal is they get this food, and then they listen to some guy doing worship, and then I stand up and speak about how great life is. And I'm kind of like, I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, Lord, what am I going to say? So anyway, our team of eight young people, nine young people, sorry, are uh, helping serve the food. And at one point this guy comes and he sits down and I'm standing here and, and there's a row of chairs there and he sits there and he's kind of like this. He's, he's so high and he looks like he hasn't slept for days but he's this and he's got this plate of eggs and beans and toast and sausages there and it's in his hand and he's trying to get his fork to stab the sausage so he can get it in his mouth and he's moving like that. He gets one in and it sort of misses his mouth and goes in. And then we're watching him, and not, me and Rob aren't saying anything, so it's a very moving thing to watch. And all of a sudden, the plate begins to tip, and he can't stop it. 
and all this food, and he, I don't know when the last time he ate was, but all this food just slides off the plate, lands in his lap, just drips onto the floor, and he's just sitting there looking at it like that. And just from this side comes Naomi. Naomi is one of our 17-year-old people, and she comes into this mess of this, this guy who's stinking and smelling and food all over him, and she kneels down in the middle of this pile of baked beans, gets it all over herself, and she takes a cloth and she starts to clean him. And as she's cleaning, she cleans him all over. Then she takes his plate, she goes back, she goes behind the counter, so she gets to the front line, she fills it with food, and she brings it back out to him, and she holds it. Covered in, she's now covered in the beans and everything, and she's holding it while this guy's eating. And I, I saw Jesus. Naomi was Jesus at that moment, and that's when I got up and spoke, that's what I spoke about. That Jesus enters into our world in the way that Naomi entered into the, this guy's mess. And he makes a difference, and he cleans people up, and he provides a place and a hand that steadies the plate so you can get some food. Jesus has come into this world, cleaned off all of our mess, and steadies the plate for us. But as you have heard me say before, we are called the body of Christ for a reason. We are now the ones with the hands and the feet to go and wipe other people clean. To steady the plate, to help them grow and be more than what they can even dream of today. So, are we going to work our way to the top? Look out for number one. Show them who's boss. Be in control. Or can we stop long enough to take seriously one who got on his knees and washed our feet? As we sing today, I'm going to invite you to take seriously Jesus. Whatever it is He may be calling you to do or be. Maybe for you it's simply to take the opportunity to know the love of Jesus Christ. And come and have a conversation with me and just ask questions about what it means to follow him. Maybe for you it's something else. But as the band plays and sings, if you want to sing, great. If you want to close your eyes and just imagine yourself in the room with Jesus that night. And when he asks you, do you understand what I have done for you? Tell him. Tell him. You may understand, you may not. Just tell him. Ask more questions. It doesn't matter to me. But have a conversation with him as he kneels at your feet. 
and loves you. Amen. Amen.